Welcome to the Money is Emotional podcast with Christine Lukin, the Financial Dignity Coach. In this podcast, we help you recover a positive and peaceful relationship with your personal finances. We do this by bringing together wise money management with emotional intelligence. Join us for this journey where we navigate our relationship with money as Christine Lucan draws from years of experience and guest experts to help you get to the root of your money issues. Hello, and welcome to Money is Emotional with your host, Christine Lucan. Christine, what's going on? Oh, well, it's another great day in Kentucky. How about you? Well, it's a it's a day in Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> just, just missing one word there. No, it's it's nice. Actually, it, it started to cool down, so that's kind of nice. You know, it's a, it's actually nice to walk outside, and and you know, yeah. So it's good. It's kind of bittersweet for me, you know, September, October, because I I do enjoy the fall, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm not going to lie, summer is my favorite season. So yeah, okay. I'm always a little sad when I have to put away my summer decorations. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, I uh, I kind of get that same feeling when I go out and prime up and make sure the snowblower is ready. No, oh, no fun. Yikes. So, but, yeah, but that's no, a little not fun off. at all. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully. So we we are talking about. I, I like the title of this this podcast. This episode. You've got money is not evil. Yes. Yeah. So, have you ever heard that money is the root of all evil? I'm sure. I, I have, have, but can can I tell you that that is a misquote? I can. We're actually going to talk about that. Oh, okay. All right. Then, <laughs> then go for it. Well, so if our listeners have heard this, that money is the root of all evil, if if you have and you believe it even a little bit, this can rob you of the enjoyment of your money. And yes. it can actually cause you to sabotage your own financial success. So I want to start out because I know this one is probably going to be emotionally charged episode um, because we're talking about two taboo topics, which is religion and money together all in the same place. <laughs> mm. Like, What were you thinking, Christine? Well, you know, I just like to dive off into the deep end sometimes. <laughs> But let's let's just clarify, like, what is money really? So humans have been using some form of money for thousands of years. Now, according to dictionary.com, since we don't actually have paper dictionaries anymore, money is a medium of exchange. So before we had money, People used to barter. You know, we would exchange mm-hmm. things, right? So before people invented money, it was like, I need, you know, I'm a cave person. I'm a cave woman. I, I need a spear to protect myself. Well, I, I don't have any coins to go buy a spear. So I'm going to try and negotiate with my neighbor and see if he will give me one of his spears if I give him three of my chickens. Mm-hmm. So th- this was how things used to happen. Now, you can see the problem in this because if the people in your general vicinity had something you wanted, but you didn't have something that they wanted, 
then there was no exchange. You know, like if the guy's like, hey, look, I already got 10 chickens. I don't need your three chickens. Like, what else do you got? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That's all I have. That's the only thing of value that I have right now. So essentially, money was invented so that we could exchange when we didn't necessarily have something that we wanted to evenly barter for. So, you know, basically, rather than me going and trading my chickens for a, a spear, I could take my chickens and sell them to somebody. They would give me money. Then I would take the money and go buy the spear. Yes. And then we have we have three people who are happy, right? Because somebody wanted to buy my chickens. I wanted to sell them. I wanted to buy a spear. This guy wanted to buy, you know, he wanted to sell a spear and then he can take that money and go do something else with it. So this was an invention, right? And so it was interesting because like the first coin that we know of was the Mesopotamian shekel. That's the first known form of currency. Mm -hmm. And that emerged on the scene in history uh, 5,000 years ago. So money is a medium of exchange. Money is something that you trade for something else. So money is not the goal. It's the middleman. So if we think about the things that we want, we only want money because it will buy us things and experiences that we want, right? I want yes. a car and therefore I want the money to buy the car, right? Or you know, I want a new piece of jewelry. I don't really necessarily want the money itself, but yes, I want the money because I'm going to trade it for a piece of jewelry or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think once we have money in its right place in our heads, that's like really the first step. And, you know, money is a tool. So money can do good things or bad things. And it all depends on whose hand that it's in. It all depends on who is possessing it. True. Yeah. So the analogy that I love to use with people is a pen. So I can take a pen and I can write a love letter to my husband. So actually, yesterday was our 20-year wedding anniversary. What? Ah, oh, congratulations. Yes, That's awesome. I know. I, I thought you were going to say, like, what? Did you get married when you were, like, 15? <laughs> that was my next statement. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. So, you know, I could take a pen, and I could write a love letter to my husband. I could also take the exact same pen, and I could write hate mail to somebody. Absolutely. Now, if my husband gets the love letter, he does not thank the pen. Ah, uh, He thanks true. me. Yes. Right? Yeah. And... If I sent somebody hate mail, they're not going to hate the pen and say that the pen is evil. <laughs> they're going to say like, oh, not Christine. She sucks. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's like we are putting moral character onto a tool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I love that analogy because. Yeah. Yeah. That's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just, so, I'm just picturing you writing hate mail to like. Anyway, I'm not going to say who, but there's certain there's a certain person hey. you picked a fight with on on this podcast before. Hey, buddy, I won't say his name. Uh, 
dock it off anyway. Uh, it's, it's not hate mail, right? Yeah, you can mail. disagree with someone without this hating them, right? Yes. yes, this is true. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So when money is used for evil purposes, it's not money's fault. The fault lies with the person who is using the money in a negative way. Oh, yeah. So we've got a couple myths around money, the morality of money. So I, this is a pervasive one, and it is you can't be wealthy and spiritual at the mm -hmm. same time. Mm -hmm. And so this one actually has its roots in a Bible verse. So it's Matthew 6.24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now, this is the more modern translation of this verse. The original translation actually says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Now, mammon is not an old-timey word for money. <laughs> mm. It's not. It, it's not just a synonym for money. So, mammon was the Syrian god of money. Ah. So the great teacher, Jesus of Nazareth, or Yeshua, said it's impossible to worship both God and mammon at the same time, which is basically the deity of money. So when we worship something, we exalt it above everything else in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So this teaching is really about keeping money in its rightful place. So money is an excellent servant, but it's a terrible master. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't just have this problem with money. For some reason, we like to demonize money. And I acknowledge the fact that because we live in a culture that glorifies the celebrity lifestyle, really. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it's not even like having the money. It's this glamorous lifestyle that it's very easy for people to put money on a pedestal and to imagine that it is going to solve all of your problems, right? So I'm not saying that there isn't the tendency for people to do this. You know, and for us to say that money is absolutely neutral because of the culture that we are in, that's not exactly true. So it's almost like we kind of have to fight a little bit for to to keep the virtue of money and to keep it in its rightful place so that it's serving us and that we are using it to do good things in the world. So, you know, I just thought that was an interesting shift, you know, when I started doing a little research on this, that that mammon was actually the god of money. So these Syrians would actually erect altars with statues and they would, you know, bring offerings and sacrifices to this god in the same way that people would worship God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you know, whatever religion you are, you know, this isn't necessarily just uh, a Christian thing, but, you know, it's really a matter of does money have the right place in your life, right? Like it should be alongside of all the other important things in your life, right? It's not 
unimportant, but we just need to make sure that we don't elevate it to a place where it doesn't belong because that's when people get into trouble. Let me let me ask you something. I don't I don't want to sure. derail this podcast, but in the work that you've done, I'm, I'm sure that you've run across this. How many folks have you helped to get into a much better situation? And then you actually have to start dealing with some guilt issues, meaning, you know, now I've got enough. I've got more than enough. Yes. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden now I feel guilty because I have more than maybe a family member or more than a friend of mine or or whatever. Um, because I can, I've seen that before, and it's like, mm-hmm. how how wealthy is wealthy? How much excess can I have and still be spiritual? Right, as you as you're kind of mm-hmm. alluding to, yes, it, it, it can be a, a a fine line. How do you help folks uh, navigate that? Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that that I love to do with people is to brainstorm ways to be generous, right? Because you know, first of all, we look at what are the things that we need to take care of in our own lives so that we have a good, solid safety net, mm-hmm. right? Because taking care of ourselves and our own family, you know, that's always the first priority. But once we get into this overflow, then it gets to be a lot of fun. And so, yes, we should be dreaming about the cool things that we want for ourselves, whether it's you know, some sort of trip or, you know, a new car, different house, etc. But I love to get people brainstorming about ways to be generous mm-hmm. with money. Because I also think that generosity is one of the keys to keeping money in its rightful place. And it's one of the reasons why I personally donate 10% of my gross income mm-hmm. to charity. And now I'm not making a rule out of this. What I have found for myself is that it helps me to keep money in its rightful place by doing that. Just by knowing as soon as money comes in, that 10% of it is going to bless somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I actually have a lot of fun planning where it's going to go. So there are certain organizations that I donate to on a regular basis, including spiritual organizations. But I also have some money that I use for just spontaneous giving. And I think that that really helps us to prevent there from being an unhealthy obsession with accumulating money, Mm -hmm. right? Because we get stagnant if it just comes in and it never goes out. Like, that's not healthy. It's called currency. Like, there's a flow to it. <laughs> it comes in and it goes <laughs> yes. out. That, that that doesn't mean that we don't get to keep some of it, right? And you've probably, you know, since we're kind of talking about the ancient Middle East and, and some of, uh, you know, like Mesopotamia and the, the time of uh, Jesus, etc. I've always loved the analogy, and you might have heard this before, that there's two big bodies of water that are relatively close to each other, but they're extremely different. Mm -hmm. So you have the Sea of Galilee where water flows into it and it also flows out of it and it's full of life. It's full of fish, full of, you know, all kinds of creatures and water-based plants, etc. And then not too far from it, you have the Dead Sea, which nothing lives in. Yeah. And the reason (laughs) why... 
hence the name. And the reason why it is the Dead Sea is because there's no outflow. Excuse me. Yes, you. Thank you so much for listening to the Money is Emotional podcast. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at www.christinelukin.com and all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. There are things that flow in to the Dead Sea, but there is no outflow. And it is the lack of outflow that causes it to stagnate. So I do think that building generosity in, even when you're in a place where you feel like you're really not where you need to be financially, Mm -hmm. is a very good habit to start. So one of the first self-improvement, you know, personal development gurus that I started listening to way back in the day was Jim Rohn. And he had a great saying that I love. And he basically said, give a dollar or give a dime out of every dollar. And he said, don't wait until you have $100 to give 10. Because he said, you want to start building the habit when you're when the dollar amounts are small. Because he said, you know, you might say like, well, sure, if I made a million dollars, I'd give 100,000. He said, but if you don't start building that habit of giving a dime out of every dollar, I'm not so sure that you're going to if you've got a million dollars because you haven't built that habit. And that was, you know, and I think I we talked about this on a previous episode, but that was one of the things that my dad taught me very early into my financial journey of, you know, repairing my finances was the importance of generosity and starting that habit of giving. So I think that is a very good antidote to that. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. Yeah. So, you know, as we're talking about this being rich spiritually and financially, I see this myth carry over into the belief that if you are doing spiritual work, you shouldn't be paid a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I don't think that spiritual leaders and pastors should be pitifully paid. Yeah. I personally feel like they should be very well paid, you know, and there's almost like this outrage against spiritual teachers or preachers who become well-known and wealthy. You know, I've been following, you know, one of my, one of my favorite female spiritual leaders is Joyce Meyer. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've followed her for over 20 years. And I remember her talking about the fact that she was attacked and criticized by other Christians because they thought that she was making too much money. And the interesting thing was, is that she was paying herself through her ministry a very modest salary. But this woman has written over a hundred books, a hundred books. Yeah. Like almost all of her income comes from the royalties from her books. I mean, would we begrudge J.K. Rowling from making good money from the Harry Potter books? No. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yep. Right. You know, so it's just like to me, you know, isn't helping others advance spiritually like some of the most important work on the planet? Shouldn't these I think these people should be very well paid. So, you know, we kind of have to examine our biases where it's like, well, we think, you know, some big tech giant like Elon Musk, because he's had all these inventions, et cetera, and started these companies that he deserves the money that he makes. But if we've got, you know, someone who happens to be a spiritual teacher who's written a bunch of books and is making millions of dollars from that, like, well, they shouldn't have that money. Yeah. To me, I find that uh, I find that very puzzling. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I can see where people have certain uh, ideas and thoughts about that. And I mm -hmm. think a lot of it stems from what do they teach? Now, Joyce Meyer, she is an amazing teacher, amazing speaker as well. There are others out there that talk about how everybody, you know, I, I know you've heard them. Everybody can be rich. Everybody can be wealthy. If you just try hard, <laughs> if you just do enough, so on and so forth. And they're sitting there in their mansions and it's not great teaching. It's just, you're kind of blind to the fact that there are a lot of people that are they're working really hard. It's just they're not going to be multimillionaires, you know, anytime soon and to kind of wag the finger in their face. That's what I think gets people upset. And so everybody gets lumped into the same category. And that's not fair because, like right. you said, she's she's done a ton of work outside of her speaking, outside of the speaking. She's done tons right. of stuff um, yes. that people just don't look at. So it's a mm -hmm. lot of judgment out there. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. So, yes, it is possible to be rich spiritually and financially. So let's let's put that that myth to bed. So the other myth is that rich people are evil and greedy. Hmm. Now, society actually perpetuates this myth and this paradigm, especially in the media. Yeah. In movies and shows, the hero or the heroine they have a heart of gold and an empty bank account. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the villain is rich and powerful and cold hearted. And wants right? your house. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and so, I mean, this starts with like Disney movies, right? You mm -hmm. know, when kids are like three, four, five years old, we are as a society perpetuating this paradigm. And the news does not cover stories about wealthy and rich people who are doing good things and donating lots of money to charity. Those are usually not what the headlines cover, right? Yeah. Instead, we're going to see the greediness of corporate CEOs and Wall Street tycoons. Those are the things that make the news, right? And, you know, honestly... You know, with social media, some of the the public hate for wealthy people is honestly, it's somewhat disturbing to me because we can almost m strip them of their humanity. I saw this recently when that uh, submersible was going to the Titanic. Yes. To see the Titanic. And there was a father son who was part of, you know, this expedition that went down there and he was from one of the most wealthy families in Pakistan and his son was 19 and some of the things that people said on social media mm -hmm. about that they deserve to die I mean it was just terrible these people 
these people are human. Yeah. You know, this this 19 year old kid, I don't think before he came to Earth, he got to pick who his dad was. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know anything about his dad or his dad's character or anything like that. But, you know, his 19 year old son was essentially just getting a start in life. Right. Yep. And so it's really disturbing to me. And at the same time, I see this there's like this dis- this dichotomy because we are putting certain people on a pedestal who are rich and then we're tearing other people down and villainizing them and dehumanizing them right so who decides this like who decides that it's okay for you know beyonce to be rich she makes her millions of dollars dancing around in a glittery bikini Mm -hmm. right but some christian preacher who's written a hundred books she's not supposed to be wealthy or someone who was born into a wealthy family they don't deserve to live right like this is all just like so i don't know it just it amazes me and puzzles me and disturbs me all at the same time because we are putting this virtue or lack of virtue onto money when money is not directly correlated with inherent goodness mm-hmm. or evil. I, I find that really interesting. And um, I love this quote, money and success don't change people. They merely amplify what is already there. Hmm. So actually, I found that quote. They said that Will Smith said it. I'm not sure that he's the original person that said it. But yeah, it's, you know, people are good or bad before they make money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, think about it. Do you know a rich and successful person who's kind and generous? Yeah, I do. Yep. Yeah. Do you know a poor person who's kind of an asshole? <laughs> I know multiple. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oops, I uh, forgot to do a language disclaimer in there. That just kind of popped out. (laughs) Uh, But like, here's the thing. If having too much money will make you a greedy rich person, where is the line? How much money, how much money can you have and still be a good person? Mm -hmm. That's an unanswerable question because here's how most people will answer it. It's more money than I have. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's more money than I have, right? So if I say, you know, like people will say something like, well, nobody needs to be a billionaire. Like that's just too much money, right? So it's like, okay, so someone becomes an evil, rich, greedy person when they reach billionaire status? Well, no, it's probably before that. Okay. Well, what about millionaire? Well, no, because we probably all know somebody who's who's nice and has, you know, at least a million dollar net worth. Well, where does it start? 10 million? Well, I don't know. Maybe they can still be a good person. <laughs> right? Well, is it is it 50 million? Is it 999 million? <laughs> like where is that number? That's right. <laughs> so, it, it's an unanswerable question of where that line is. People applauded You know, I talked about J.K. Rawlings earlier. People applauded her because she gave so much money that she fell off the billionaires list. I mean, which is cool, you know, like give as much money away as you want to. And I'll, I'll tell people that, too. Like, why cut off the flow 
of income that wants to come into you. You hold on to whatever you feel comfortable. And if you don't feel comfortable having over a million dollars or over a certain amount of money, like give it away. Because if the kind-hearted, generous people are blocking money because they say it's evil, then the only people who are going to get their hands on big money are the people who are jerks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? So money in my hands is good for the world. And that's what I tell my clients. You know, if you're a good person and you're kind and you're generous, then big money in your hands is good for the world. It's not bad for the world. You know, then you can make more conscious choices with your money. You know, I had this conversation. This was quite quite a long time ago with someone who was basically of the camp that, you know, money was evil and all the evils of capitalism, et cetera. And, you know, I started asking them some questions and I said, so, you know, is it important to you to take care of the environment? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, is it important to you to know that when you buy clothing, you're buying it from a company that is manufacturing it such a way that they're paying their workers good wages and they have good working conditions. Well, yes. Okay. Well, you know, if you're going to eat organic and buy products that are sustainable and good for the environment, those cost money and they usually cost more yep. than the things that pollute the environment. So even if you just aspire to make more money so that you can do those good things with your resources, that's infusing good moral values into the money that you're spending. Absolutely. So I hope we've busted the biggest myth that money is the root of all evil, because you're right. This Bible verse is misquoted all the time. Mm -hmm. So. It comes from 1 Timothy 6.10, and it says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith. So this is actually, a lot of people attribute this quote to Jesus, but it was actually the Apostle Paul. So it's not money itself, but it's the love of it. That's the problem. So here's the bottom line. Money's job is to support your happiness, not to be the source of it. Mm -hmm. We want to create lives that are rich in relationships, health, spirituality, and enjoyment. Money is just the sprinkles on your cupcake. <laughs> oh, if I like sprinkles, that'd be great. Yeah. Okay, it's the frosting on your there cupcake. You go, there How we go. About For that? me, it's the frosting, absolutely. Butter, <laughs> buttercream frosting, I'm all in. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So, do the sprinkles get caught between your teeth? Is that the problem? I just don't. I don't know. They're just you, you have to chew them. I think that is the problem. I don't like chewing sprinkles. Okay, that sounds really weird, but yeah, it's just a me thing. But you know, we get weird on this podcast. Yeah. It's just that's just who we are. So, <laughs> don't fight it. But I, I do. I mean, I do like the way that's that's framed, right? Because mm -hmm. again, it's. It's just, it makes things look a little nicer. Like the glitter sprinkles, my, my granddaughter yeah. loves those things because, you know, it's mm. glitter. I mean, who, who doesn't like that? But it's, it's, it's shiny and it's, it's pleasant to look at and it helps, you know, with things. Doesn't, doesn't make necessarily the time you spend with family taste better, 
right? Right. Uh, it 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 can if it helps to buy that event or that the the thing that you do together. I'm um, mm-hmm. like going on a cruise or taking a fishing trip with your like I'm I'm just thinking about my dad. My dad and I, I want to take him on a fishing trip. I need the money to do that. The experience mm-hmm. of that. Now, I'm not going to be wearing a ton of name brand clothes or, you know, big fat, you know, watches on my wrist that are tens of thousands of dollars. That's not me. Um right. not shaming anybody who does like that kind of stuff, but I agree 100% that it's it's the content of who we are mm-hmm. at our core, the content of the things that we do together. Some of my best memories had nothing to do with money spent to to have that memory. It's yeah. just the people that I'm with and the things that I'm doing while we're there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think the problem comes in when people are pursuing financial success thinking that once they get there that life will be good. Yeah. If you expect that money will make you happy, you'll be sorely disappointed. 100%. You know, we need to be cultivating a good relationship with ourselves, with other people, with our higher power as we are improving our finances because then that money is just going to be the happiness amplifier because it can't be the happiness itself it doesn't have it doesn't have that power and that's yeah. why we see people who have become rich and famous and end up taking their own lives because they thought that that was going to be the thing and it's not yeah so we want to make sure that money has its proper place so we don't want to elevate it above the things that are important but we also don't want to purposely shun money because you're afraid of it you know because it's a tool that can enhance your life so i've got a new mantra for us which i actually am borrowing from one of my favorite authors uh jen sincero and that is money is the root of all kinds of awesome (laughs) (laughs) there you go that's a great one you like that one (laughs) yes yes yeah so and i understand that this can be a really deep-seated thing for some people so if you're having a hard time shaking the feeling that money is evil here's something that can really help um it's the treasures beyond your emotional money triggers masterclass this is an on-demand training that is going to help you uncover process and heal these emotional triggers that are keeping you stuck with money so we're going to put the link for that in the show notes awesome all right well and i know that with having the link to that they have access to the website as well there's all sorts of ways to contact you and reach out. Yeah. Um, so I, I think this this is fantastic. I love you dispelling the myths. And my my final thought on on what you were talking about earlier. Love the fact that I, I know that you're super generous. You always have been. I remember. If, so if you haven't listened to the podcast where Christine really talks about her journey of money healing in in a way where her dad really helped her out, you've got to go listen to that because that's when you really brought up that your dad was still consistent. Look, here's the thing: as you as you begin this journey again, as you re- start to repair what's going on and what has happened in your life, don't forget to give back. I loved the yeah. story. It's it's very, very powerful. I've got, you know, a good friend of mine who is, you know, you talked a lot about the Bible today. He's not a Christian. He he attributes a lot of things to karma, but him and I both agree. When you are generous and you give money away, 
as a Christian, I know that I'm going to be blessed in that process. He, mm-hmm. as a non-Christian, knows that karma is going to bless him in the process, right? We both have that right. same mentality <laughs> where we know that there are people that could use help. There are organizations that are amazing. I love uh, the the fact that there are people out there that are just super generous, and I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that there are a lot of your listeners. Yes, me too. For sure. All right, Christine, thank you so much. This has been fun. Thank you. You bet. And to our listening audience, you generous people out there, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Money is Emotional podcast with Christine Lucan. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Christine comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Money is Emotional, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Money is Emotional podcast. To get in touch, visit our website at www.christinelucan.com or drop us a line at hello at christinelucan.com. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Christine Lucan. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Always seek the advice of your advisor, tax professional, or other qualified financial professional with any questions you may have regarding your personal finances.